Okay, if you have your Bibles this morning. Um, and some of you have been asked, uh, been asked uh, what are you going to speak on next? Uh, I'm sorry I was going to put together a package and give you a list, but I didn't do it this week. I'm sorry about that. But today, we're going to look at Psalm 73. Psalm 73. And we're going to look at Psalm 37. But just briefly, uh, it'll tie in to uh, 73, but you'll see how it works together. Psalm 73. Now, Psalm 37 You might want to just put your finger there. Psalm 37 is a very famous psalm. But you'll notice that Psalm 37 is written by David. Psalm 73 is written by Asaph. Now, Asaph, did anybody remember anything about him? He was a musician. He wrote a lot of songs. And so... Uh, you think that we are a lot different from them, but remember, the human heart is the same everywhere. And I want you to notice, if you would, Psalm 73. We'll read a a little portion of it. I want you to follow along with me, if you would. We're going to focus in on two words this morning in verse 3 and use that to be the glasses uh, to look into both Psalms. One, Psalm 73, 1, truly, God is good to Israel, even to such as of a clean heart. But as for me, my feet were almost gone. My steps had well nigh slipped. You know what he's he's making a public confession that I was backslidden and I was sliding. And then he explains how. Verse 3. For I was envious at the foolish. Now, you would wonder why would anybody be envious of foolish people? But you'll see here. Notice, when I saw the prosperity of the wicked. Now, he defines what he feels like is prosperity. He's going to define what he feels like caused envy in his heart. And I am certain it happens to all of us. Now, we would not necessarily admit it, but but let the Holy Spirit point it out in your heart so that you can see it and get rid of it like David did in Psalm 73. Now, notice with me, if you would, verse number four. For there are no bands in their death. There's no fears in their death. But their strength is firm. They are not in trouble as other men. Primarily health, wealth, troubles. Neither are they plagued like other men. Therefore, because they've been allowed to be blessed by God, pride compasseth them as a chain. Violence covereth them as a garment. They are pride, proud, lifted up with pride. Uh, They can be mean to whoever they want to because they can afford it. Verse number seven, their eyes stand out with fatness. Obviously, their eyes have more than they could hope for. They have more than heart could wish. 
So he says their eyes stand out with fatness. They look at what they own and they're filled up. Notice, eight, they're corrupt and speak wickedly concerning oppression. They speak loftily. You notice that, now go back in verse number three, for I was envious at the foolish. Why are they foolish? Their eyes are filled up with fatness. They have everything they could want and more, and it's lifted their heart up in pride. So he said, that's a foolish person. But at the time, he is so envious of their position. Notice, if you would, in verse number 9. They set their mouth against the heavens. Uh, They don't give the Lord credit. They feel like they have done it. Their arrogance points toward heaven also. I don't need God. I've got it made. Notice, if you would, and their tongue walketh through the earth. They have an earthly tongue. They uh, brag about themselves. They're braggarts. They're prideful. Notice verse 9. Uh, verse 10. Therefore his people return hither, and waters of a full cup are wrung out to them. And notice this. And they say, how doth God know? What does God know? You know, what does God care? And is there knowledge in the most high? Verse 12. And this is the summation of verses 1 through 12. Verse 2 through 12. Behold, these are the ungodly who prosper in the world. They increase in riches. Now, you can see two words. Notice, if you would, verse number 3. I was envious at the foolish. Envy, Hebrew word is to be jealous. It is to be provoked in your spirit to want to be like them. And you're angry because you're not. So there's a, an envy in your heart that drives you. The envy causes you to want to have the things they have. It blinds you to spiritual truths. And folks, that's something today that all of us in this room must be careful of, is that We are envious when someone, uh, how many have ever seen somebody's car? Maybe you saw a car that made you envious. Now, don't raise your hand. But you saw a car or a truck or a vehicle, and you were just envious of that. Or you saw a house, and you said, wow, I'd love to have a house like that. Or you dreamed of being healthy, and you saw people that were healthy, and you were envious of them. Um, Maybe you were just envious of someone that was successful. Well, notice if you would, verse 3, the two words we're looking at are envy. What happens in the human heart that wants what they have? And notice the they is in verse 3, when I saw the prosperity of the wicked. Now, does anybody know what the Hebrew word here is? Now, I'm, I'm sure you don't unless you've studied it, but, but the Hebrew word for prosperity, shalom. So it is everything included for success. It is wealth. It is health. 
but it is primarily what happens in the heart when you're satisfied with what you have at this point. Happiness. Now, understand, he looks out and he sees prosperity. Now, the Greek word for prophet is to beat forward. So it's like you take a piece of metal and you beat it and it extends. That's the Greek word for prophet. You take something and expand it. That makes sense. Okay? Well, here, prosperity is that you have more and enough so that you can rely on what you have to make you happy. Now, isn't that the American dream? Isn't that what every American that is, is unsaved, save, if we're not careful, it gets into all of our hearts that America was built on the American dream. Even in the days of Davy Crockett and Daniel Boone, if I could get me a log cabin and have plenty of game to hunt and uh, uh, have me a good rifle and, and we could be in good health, then, then we're prosperous. And I could get a business going, maybe a stagecoach or, or maybe a, a, a mail line or, you know, I could get a, 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 a whatever. I've got a bit of trapping, furs. The western part of the United States were established by fur companies going out that way, trapping and bringing in people made fortunes, trapping the furs that the Indians had hunted in moderation for years, centuries. And so Americans are not known for that one word of moderation. They're known for excess. And prosperity is to have everything. Notice the word. He says in verse number seven is the key definition for prosperity for Asaph. Notice what it is. Their eyes stand out with fatness. They have more than heart could wish. That's prosperity. Now, I don't know how many people in this room are like that, if any. We have more than our heart could wish. Now, as a Christian, when we give our hearts to the Lord and our dreams and goals to the Lord, we don't need much at all. You know what we need? You know what makes a Christian that's totally dedicated to the Lord happy? Him and Him alone. That's all. The stuff that we have or don't have doesn't matter. We trust Him. I'm going to give an illustration this morning in church about someone that was supremely happy just trusting in the Lord. And it's an amazing story. You've heard of it, but I want to make it where you've got a picture. So, the timing of this psalm is perfect. Um, now, if you would, keep in mind the definition is more than heart could wish, prosperity. More than heart could wish. And the idea is that I have enough in the bank that anything happens, I'm okay. I don't have to worry. If my car breaks down, I, I don't have to worry. I got plenty of money. 
Or I've got a car that doesn't break down, a new car, and it's under warranty. It's not going to be on me. I've got more than I need. Maybe you've got a car and a truck, or you've got two vehicles or three vehicles. So if one breaks down, you've got another one. So you have more than heart could wish. And so you're not fearful of tomorrow and what it might bring financially. And you have good health. And so you're not fearful of tomorrow what it might bring because uh, you're in good health. And you take care of yourself. And you eat right. And so I am in good shape. You're prosperous. Well, notice what happens in the hearts of people that are worldly without the Lord. Remember, if we look to the Lord and say, Lord, you're all that I want. And what you provide for me is enough. And I will trust you. That is a hard place to get to. It is a hard place to teach our children to get to. Now turn to Psalm 37. Psalm 37. Notice with me, if you would, verse number one. This is David's take on prosperity. Fret not thyself because of evildoers, neither be thou envious against the workers of iniquity. David has figured it out. Now, you're going to notice the secret to true prosperity, the prosperity of the Lord. And what you've got to understand is these two psalms sort of fit together. Two different men writing about the same subject, prosperity. Two different men writing about the same subject, envy. Asaph has got envy in his heart, and he's backsliding. David has no envy in his heart, and he's strong, stable. Look, if you would. He says this, verse 2. Now, in verse 2 of of Psalm 73, he starts, I was envious of the foolish when I saw the prosperity of the wicked. That's verse 2 of 73. Look at verse 2 of David's psalm. For they shall soon be cut down like the grass and wither as the green herb. It took 12 verses for Asaph to get that point. Today, where are we? Are we in the middle of verses 1 through 12, or 2 through 12 in Psalm 73, envious a bit? If I could just be like so-and-so, if I could just have a car like that, if I could just have that kind of retirement, if I could just have their health, if I just, if, 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 if. And so envy builds up in our heart. A zeal to be like somebody else, that's envy. The Greek word definition, Hebrew definition, envy. Hot in your heart to be like someone else. Now notice, if you would, the secret to not having envy. Trust in the Lord and do good. So shalt thou dwell in the land, and verily thou shalt be fed. That is the secret to prosperity. Do not look out at things you have or don't have. Um, you know, I mean, one year, let me just give you a little snippet of trusting in the wrong things. How many of you remember the snow of, in the nineties where we got almost two and a half feet? How many remember that? Okay. Well, I had been here for, 
you know, 15 years. And, and uh, I, you know, I, I said, I'm never going to miss a service because I've got a four-wheel drive truck. I can always have get there no matter what happens. And um, I, I remember uh, it got that, that, uh, that uh, first time it happened. We've had it happen twice. Not quite that much, but the first time I think we got about a foot and a half uh, maybe seven, maybe 93, four, five, somewhere in that range. 96. What's that? 96. 96, okay. And uh, I remember getting in my truck, my wife and Jeremy, we all got out and I said, let's go, let's go to church. And we all got out. I got my four-wheel drive truck. I put it in reverse and it was, I had a clutch and four-wheel drive. Man, I could drive anywhere. I hit it and I backed up, came out of the garage and I said, I'm going to plow right through it and turn and go out. And, uh, and it was about that deep, uh, maybe a foot and a half deep, eight, two, two foot close. And I hit that thing and came roaring out of the garage and the back end raised up and the front end started. I said, what is this? I thought I ran into a dirt pile, not snow. I thought snow was supposed to move easy. I could not get out of my driveway. I was stuck for seven days because my neighborhood didn't get somebody to plow it. The guy that was supposed to plow it says, I don't have time to get too big a job. I can't do your neighborhood. I got another one. They pay better, I guess. So we were stuck for seven days. And so I said, you know what? Now, listen very carefully. There's a very fine line between trusting yourself and trusting in the Lord. And we have to learn that fine line. So I said, I'm going to go get me a snowblower. And that's never going to happen to me again. And I'm going to sell this house. I'm going to get close to where I can get out. So, um, okay, my Watson Road house, the driveway is far enough where I get to a major road. Um, Okay, I can, the, the, the house at, at uh, Brenbach, both houses are down the road. I could, I could plow the driveway with my snow plow, with my snowblower. And I got one that was a big wide one and, you know, man, it had lights on it. And, and you just, you fire that thing up and, and man, you could throw snow 30, 40 feet. I mean, it would just get out of the way. I'm going to clear my driveway. I was ready. And then I don't know when the next one was, 2000, uh, Dave. You know, it, and you're, you're Weatherman Dave. I mean, who Weatherman Dave is. Rick Weatherman Dave. Remember that? I don't know when it was, but it was 2,000-something, but we got like 24 inches or something. And that was a big one. And so I got it figured out. I got that. I said, here it comes. I got my snowblower went out there. Got it fired up. It worked perfect. I was excited about it. I went out. I got my snowblower. The first eight or nine inches came. And I said, I got this. And so uh, I waited. I don't know what time it was, maybe 11 o'clock. It started that day. I got my snowboard out there. And boy, I started throwing snow every place. And it hit a rock and broke the shear pin. How many of you know you got a shear pin in your, in your deal? Okay. Home Depot had plenty of shear pins. But I couldn't get there. I said, Lord, you know that I wanted to go to church. You know I got this all planned out. It's almost like the Lord said, you depended on yourself and not me. Where's your shear pen? So on that snowblower, there's hanging. When I got rid of that snowblower, there was hanging on that snowblower four shear pins in a plastic bag. Because I'm ready. 
you know what? You can't think of enough things to take care of yourself. If you're going to walk with the Lord and you're going to have true prosperity, you're going to have to trust in the Lord. And notice what he says in verse number four. I love this. This is one of my favorite passages. Delight thyself also in the Lord, and he shall give thee the desires of thine heart. It's not prosperity that God's against. It's how you get it. It's how important it is to you. If it's not important to you and you're trusting the Lord, Lord, you provide what I need, I'll trust you. Delight thyself also in the Lord, and he shall give thee the desires of thine heart. Now, the desires of your heart may not be a big house or a big car or, 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 or a, a, a nice snowblower. It may be that he takes care of you by having someone driving down the road that says, hey, I see your road's not plowed. Would you like for me to plow it? As you've been praying, they come right up your road and plow it. And you say, why didn't I just trust you? We work and we fret and we try everything we can. And in 10 minutes, it's clear. And we didn't have to do a thing. The Lord just touched somebody's heart and said, I'll help you. You see, today, you and I have it all wrong when it comes to this prosperity. ASAP figured it out. David already had it figured out. Notice what he says in verse 5. Commit thy way into the Lord, trust also in him, and he shall bring it to pass. That is the way we learn to have prosperity. That is the way to get rid of envy. I'm not envious of so-and-so because the Lord got a plan for him and he's got a plan for me and I'm in his plan. Lord, I just want you to be happy with what you've given to me and I'll be happy too. Trust in him. You notice two times he says trust. Notice if you would in verse number three, it starts off trust. Verse number five, in the middle of it, trust also in him. And notice verse number seven, rest in the Lord. Wait patiently for him. There it goes. He always has to throw that word in there. My least favorite word in the Bible, patiently. Wait on me. Who likes to wait? Um, but the secret to prosperity is resting in the Lord. Now go back if you would. It shouldn't have to be that we see the end result to get rid of that envy. Remember, keep your finger in Psalm 37 and turn to Psalm 73 and notice in verse number 13. He says, he begins to tell you what's in his heart now. Asaph does. Verily, I have cleansed my heart in vain. I've been trying to do the right thing, and God hadn't blessed me. And wash mine hands in innocency. Now, innocency is where you're genuinely clean and you want to stay clean. And there's nothing in your heart that the Holy Spirit is pointing out. You need to get rid of that. Notice what he says. There's innocency in my heart. I have no hidden agenda. What's this? For all the day long have I been plagued and chastened every morning. He said, I'd read my Bible and it was like the Lord was correcting my heart every morning. And he says, 
Notice if you would in verse 16. When I thought to know this, it was too painful for me. Here I am doing right, struggling with all my might, suffering with plagues and difficulties, but all the time trying to get up every morning and still trying to do what's right no matter what happens to me. And he said, and I look across the street and that guy's blessed and he's got a filthy mouth and he doesn't do what's right. He said, when I thought to know this, it was too painful for me. It just hurt. You see, envy and jealousy will ruin your heart. If you have eyes of fatness that you're looking for, you're in trouble. So Asa said, I was sliding. Look in verse number two. As for me, my feet were almost gone. My steps had well nigh slipped. And then notice, if you would, in verse number 17. Until I went into the sanctuary of God, then understood I therein. So he came to church and heard a message, and all of a sudden he says, that's the difference. Their end is not like what mine's going to be. They're not taking any of this stuff with them. He said, oh, now I get it. Look in verse chapter 37. How long did it take David? It took 17 verses for him to finally say, when I, I went into the house of God and I realized, oh my goodness. Folks, one of the reasons you come to church is because the Lord and the Holy Spirit bring up things in the, in the Word of God that help you and I say, ah, oh, I didn't think of that. Oh, I, I forgot that. Do you understand uh, there's not a lot of new truth that you're going to hear in church, but you'll be reminded an awful lot of times. And you'll see things from a different angle from time to time if the Holy Spirit is speaking to your heart. The Holy Spirit is the one that guides us into all truth. You, you get that when you come to the Lord's house and say, Lord, here am I, teach me. Now notice if you would, he says in verse number two, for they shall soon be cut down like the grass and wither as the green herb. He said, their payday is coming. I see that now. But Asap, now keep in mind, Asap is the song leader for David. He led huge choirs. But he got envious. So you know what? That can happen to all of us. Be careful. Notice, if you would, very quickly, flip back over to 73, <clears throat> verse 18. Surely thou didst set them in slippery places. A slippery place, how long does it take for you to fall in a slippery place? Is it a process? So he says, it just happened like that. I didn't realize how quickly it could happen. A heart attack, health is gone. Um, stock market, finance is gone. A wreck, the car is gone. I did not realize they live on slippery slopes. Notice what he says in verse 19. How are they brought into desolation as in a moment? You see, he figured, they figured they had enough to last for a lifetime. Remember the rich man? He says, I'll tear down my barns and build bigger and bigger, and then I'll take thine ease and rest, and I'll enjoy myself. But he forgot one thing. He was a fool because he was covering it himself. And the Lord said, this night thy soul shall be required of thee. Folks, tonight, take these two psalms and put them together, and let's be like David. And I'll close with this. Psalm 37, let me read it to you again. 
Verse 3, trust in the Lord and do good. It's not just you trust in the Lord, you do your part. You do what Asa was doing. I, 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 I was innocent in my heart. I did this and that. But folks, don't do right to get. Don't do right so that God will bless you. Do what's right because you're trying to please the Lord and you want him to be honored. And then he says, I will bless you. Folks, you can't get blessed of God by earning it. You can only get blessed of God by loving him and it's his will for you. It may not be his perfect will for you. Notice if you would, trust in the Lord and do good. So shalt thou dwell in the land and verily thou shalt be fed. You'll have the needs of your heart. Matthew 6, but seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you. Clothes, food, health. Notice what he says. Verse four, delight thyself also in the Lord and he shall give thee the desires of thine heart. Today, who are you trusting? Your stuff, you'll never have enough. Or him, you'll always have enough. It's a choice. Today, let's learn the lesson that David learned. Trust in him, and he'll bring it to pass. Father, today I thank you for your word. I pray that you would help us to learn the lesson, Lord. Protect us from envy and, and prosperity in our eyes. Lord, help us to have your prosperity, the closest to you. In your name we pray, amen.